Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. I'm Laurel Matthewson. I'm one of the priests and pastors at St. Luke's in North Park. Welcome to Laurel. So happy you're here. Thank you. And welcome back, uh, all of you, to this uh, week's discussion of the gospel for the first Sunday after Christmas, the Feast of the Holy Name. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also January 1st, this week leading up to the gospel for January 1st. So 2023. Uh, So welcome, everybody, to a new year. Hope everybody's having a joyful Christmas season, Uh, whichever day of Christmas you may be listening to this, whichever bird you're on. Who knows how many birds you've got in your house at this point? Probably lots. Um, and we're so thankful to uh, you all for tuning in. And Laurel, we'd love to hear a little bit more about you to let everyone know what you're doing. So would you share a little bit about your ministry context? So my husband, Colin, and I have been serving as the priests and pastors at St. Luke's for just over six years now. We arrived in 2016, and St. Luke's is a diverse multicultural congregation in North Park. We are really grateful to be there every single week. A little bit more about St. Luke's is that we just took our sabbatical year this year. So before we took some time away from the congregation, we had the privilege of taking a journey with 16 of our leaders to East Africa, South Sudan, Uganda, and Tanzania for a delegation trip, which was meant to raise up these leaders in new ways, help connect us with our history and particular histories at St. Luke's. And so that was a really wonderful adventure we took in June. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one thing that I'll just share about myself that's a little bit apart from my work at St. Luke's because it will come into play today Mm -hmm. is that I also have a connection with St. Teresa of Avila in the sense that I felt called to kind of study her and read more of her and then actually write a book about the interior castle and how that has intersected with my own spiritual journey. And that was a project that I've been working on on the side from about 2017 Mm -hmm. until now. And I just signed a contract to have that book published with Whitaker House. And so it won't probably be coming out till 2024, but I'm excited about that. Yeah. That is awesome. I love it. Wow. So exciting. Okay. 2024, mark your calendars. Mark your calendars. (laughs) Release date coming. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Awesome. We always love to hear from our guests about where they saw or felt God's presence or didn't mm-hmm. uh, in this last week. We're very Ignatian on the Faith to Go podcast. Mm-hmm. We can do consolations or desolations. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. would you share with us uh, a consolation or desolation uh, that comes to mind? Sure. Um, I had kind of a, a big red letter one because I was thinking as I prepared to come here about the delegation journey. And so I'm going to be cheating a little bit and, and extending past the last week. That's okay. We make up the rules. So okay. We can <laughs> All right. They're more like guidelines. Yeah. yeah. When we were journeying in East Africa with our our team, we had this series of events that in the end um, felt to me quite miraculous. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a person that thinks a lot about miracles Mm -hmm. or even talks a lot about miracles in my ministry. The short story of it is is that we had hoped and planned and intended to visit this refugee camp called Nyaragusu Refugee Camp in northern Tanzania, which houses mostly Congolese refugees, but also some from Burundi and other places. It's a huge camp, and most of our Congolese families had come from or lived in that camp for 
many years, sometimes up to 20 years or more. Two of our leaders that were on the trip had come from Yargusu, and we were planning to visit. There was at least four different times, maybe five or six, depending on how you count, where it seemed clear this was not going to be able to happen. Mm -hmm. There was so many roadblocks administratively, with the government, with permissions, with the police at the camp, with border checks, with documents that we were not what we needed, that we thought that we needed. All that to say, there was many points at which it seemed prudent to give up on this whole idea at all. Mm-hmm. But the team as a whole really connected with the reality that took me some time to connect with, which was that it really was a gift that those who had had left the camp were trying to give by going back to show the people they were visiting, including many family members, that they were not forgotten, that they still valued, that they are seen by the world, even if it's just just having 15 visitors or 16 visitors come to you. And so we connected enough with that as a group that there was this perseverance and determination to try to be a blessing in this way, or even if it felt at first more immediate to just bless our team members who so clearly felt this desire to return, that we were willing to take some great risks for that, including taking a 30-hour bus journey when we didn't know if we would then be able to do the thing that we hoped to do Mm -hmm. at the end of the bus journey. And I just remember at this meeting where we were trying to decide if we would go on and take this bus journey when there was so many stumbling blocks, or not stumbling blocks, roadblocks, apparently, in the way. And the spirit of determination to try to be a blessing to our team members, Joseph and Apalasi, and also their family members and friends. And that really felt to me like a God moment. There, it felt like God's spirit was with us. And then obviously, as we continued to pray together and in each, each of those roadblocks was in a way that I still can't explain. No longer a roadblock yeah. felt like a, certainly a God moment for us or many God moments in sequence. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Barriers coming down. Yeah. God making a way where there's no yeah. way, you know, like yeah. the songs say, like sometimes mm-hmm. those, those that feels hard to identify or oh yeah, relate to in our lives. Mm-hmm. But it felt like that song was on repeat <laughs> for like a week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God making a way where there seemed yeah. to be no way. So amazing. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And we would love to hear from everyone listening also about their God sightings, where God is making a way where it seems like there isn't one maybe in your life, anything about your ministry context. And we'd also always love to hear any of your thoughts, questions, comments, or stories from your, from your week of faith discussion or reflection about this week's gospel that we'll be discussing very soon. You can contact us in a lot of different ways that are all listed in the description for this episode of the podcast. You can scroll down and there's links to all those Different ways of contacting us, email, uh, voicemail, text, lots of different things. So you can always go check out the faith to go resources that are on the MyFaithToGo.org website every week. You can also contact us through that website. And now we are going to discuss the gospel for the Feast of the Holy Name, also known as the first Sunday after Christmas, also known as January 1st, 2023 in year A. Charlotte is going to read it, and then we'll each, uh, I'll give some context, then we'll each have a point. The gospel reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 15 to 21. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, 
Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what they had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. All right. Mary stuck to the plan. So good job, Mary. Uh, did not deviate. Maybe she had a second baby name that she wanted more, but she stuck with Jesus. So here we are in Luke, back in Luke again, even though this is Matthew's year, year A, we're in Luke for this Feast of the Holy Name. We also, between this reading and next reading, get a whole pageant because here we've got shepherds next week we've got magi we're picking up right in the kind of in the middle of a section you might say because this story of the shepherds is this is like the second half of the shepherd story because the first half is the angel showing up and telling them something and then glory to god in the highest heaven and on earth peace amongst those whom god favors and then when the angels had left them they went to had gone to heaven the shepherds said to one another so we're kind of halfway through Luke chapter two. The very beginning of Luke chapter two is Jesus's birth, Jesus named Jesus in the temple. And then we're, you know, we're on to the adolescent story of Jesus that only is in Luke and then, and then to his baptism. So that's where we are. Just a one week dalliance into Luke's gospel. And then we'll be back to Matthew next week. And Laurel has the first point. Well, I am grateful that you all chose to do Holy Name and not the New Year's Day readings, because I do think that it is important to ponder the significance of Jesus's name. Mm -hmm. And I think it's actually something everyone in this room is in the Episcopal tradition. We don't really do that much in the Episcopal church, at least in my experience, a lot of other denominations or traditions make like a big deal of the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's something that a lot of Episcopalians, I think, feel a little uncomfortable with. Like, is this like a magic formula? Why are we making a thing about his name? You know, um, but I have come to really appreciate Jesus's name and the particularity of that. So I was thinking as I read the readings for this week, about some of St. Teresa's work on this. And there's some resonance with what happens with the shepherds, what happens with Mary, um, and certainly the passages that you have choices from, from Galatians or Philippians. And that is, there's these themes of God making known to us things, or God sharing great gifts with us. Mm-hmm. Whether it's in Galatians that we have, we receive the spirit of his son in our hearts, that's a great, incredible gift. The, what Mary has had made known to her, what the shepherds have made known to them. And I think that a foundational part of being a person of faith is that at some point it is made known to us in a way that we can really receive and absorb that we are not just a clump of cells, that we are children of God, that we are seen, that we are loved. And then perhaps that is a really strong knowing that becomes this sense of, again, being a beloved child of God. Those are incredible gifts that, again, are are talked about as foundations of our faith. And then Teresa talks more about some of the gifts that can continue to be given in, in prayer as we develop our contemplative practice and our prayer life. And those are all wonderful and good things. 
and then Jesus's name. So Teresa says, as we get further and further in our prayer life, that we might be tempted to just sort of fly off in a spiritual balloon, <laughs> like become like, I am so close to God and God has given me all these great gifts. I know I'm loved. I'm receiving God's love. Um, I feel that love or I'm aware of that and I can really connect with God and the holy in these different ways. And that it can be, there, there can be an inherent temptation to spiritual arrogance or detachment from serving others and humility. And there she says, you must cling to the person of Jesus and the historical stories and per, like who Jesus is. And I think about the power of names in terms of their particularity to ground us and to um, keep us from sort of floating off into nebulous spaces in our, in our hearts and minds. And that is what the name of Jesus can do and does for us is in, in tethering ourselves to not just God, but to Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, who was born in a stable and who died as a misunderstood prophet. When we tether ourselves to that particular person who is named even outside of the New Testament scriptures, you know, Josephus as someone who is crucified, when we tether ourselves to that person, then we are tethering ourselves to a kind of life and humility and service that counterbalances or adds um, wholeness to the gifts and the belovedness that are also part of our tradition and our inheritance as children of God. Yeah, I love that. And it's that uh, that idea that we could just float off into spiritual, <laughs> spiritual ether. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jesus's name, God saves Joshua. Mm -hmm. um, it's so nice because then Teresa's like pointing to the fact that like this salvation isn't that like spiritual, ethereal thing. Mm -hmm. It's like a real tangible saving as well. Mm -hmm. you know, and then that, it's going to be worked out in our lives yeah. to use Pauline language. Mm -hmm in in our own physicality too. Mm -hmm. And that, that comes to like St. Teresa's most favorite, famous quote, which I hesitate to even quote because it's the one thing that everyone knows, but I'll just bring it in here because it is true that then she says, Christ has no hands now, but mm -hmm. ours in mm -hmm. which to love and serve mm -hmm. the world. And so that is that like inv invitation back into our physicality yeah, right. and particularity and who mm -hmm. we love and how we love. Mm -hmm. Can I just make a little side note about Jesus's name? Yeah. Because I was reminded of this when I was preaching this week on mm -hmm. Matthew's, you know, when Joseph names Jesus mm -hmm. in Matthew. Jesus's name is, you know, deliverer or savior or one who saves. In, and in Hebrew, it's Yeshua. Mm -hmm. But in Aramaic, which he um, was probably the language of Jesus's childhood and probably of Joseph and Mary, it's, they, most scholars think it was just Yeshu. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's fun to have different versions of Jesus's name because some people feel alienated from the name Jesus for different reasons, whether it's been used in vain too many times in your house <laughs> or your household or just in culture, like to, to find um, different ways of maybe connecting with that historical person mm -hmm. of Jesus and, and that gift of the incarnation. Mm -hmm. So that's just a fun little Beautiful. trivia. Uh, well, my point is next. Mine's number two, and it I think it's complementary to this idea of the that like very you know tethering ourselves to that particularity and that particular person, and recognizing our own kind of particularity and our mm -hmm. own blessedness and and uniqueness, and just the idea that yeah we have been like gifted this these ideas and experiences of God and belief and 
what really jumped out, what jumped out to me about this story today that I guess I, I don't, I haven't, I don't really, like, I always, I always think about like the pun, Mary pondering things in her heart. That's like the thing I remember about this story. The thing that I guess I never really noticed or thought about very much was this idea that in this, you know, third line, when, when the shepherds saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. Like when they arrive and see Mary and Joseph and Jesus and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them and all who heard it. So that means like Mary and Joseph as well. And so it was just, it's just struck me. Then I went back and I was like, okay, well, what did, what did Mary know? What did the shepherds know? And the shepherds are the ones that are told Jesus will be the Messiah. Mary's not told that particular idea. Mm. She's told uh, some other things about like, about Jesus and, you know, be the King and Lord and things like that. But that, so that, that even Mary, like this person who's, whose I, whose thought, who, whose knowledge of Jesus is delivered via angel mm-hmm. doesn't have the full picture of mm-hmm. what God is doing. And the shepherds also visited by angel don't have the full picture of what God is doing. And so I just, I love that this idea that even like if, if Mary doesn't have the whole idea, even of her own son, you know, of like what's going, what's going to happen that she needs the shepherd, the shepherds need her. Joseph needs everyone that like we all are in this position, you know, like that it is an act of humility to, to recognize that we don't have all the answers about God, mm-hmm. that we don't have all the, we don't have this full understanding of how God is moving in the world without other people, without the witness of other people, without the stories of other people. So it's about trust and it's about listening. And I think that's the beautiful thing about this is the, the trust that everyone shows, like Mary shows so much trust, Joseph, the shepherds, they all are trusting in what they believe to be true about how God is working. They trust one another. I think that's what Mary is doing here. She's like, she's genuinely taking in what she hears these other people witnessing to about God in the world and integrating it into what, into her understanding of God and how God is moving. And that's a hard thing to do to trust other people, (laughs) especially when it comes to these, you know, miraculous things that we can't just put our hands on and see and understand completely. The other thing that, that struck me is that like when it says, when the shepherds say, let us go now to Bethlehem, they don't see and go see this child. They see this thing that has taken place, you know? So it's almost not even just about Jesus. It's about this thing that God is doing, this way that God is moving in the world. That is, it's it like Jesus is at the center of it, but it's like emanating out to being something bigger. You know, there's these ripples. So, I just love that idea that that invitation to us, that we all have our particular experiences, you know, our unique way of seeing the world, but that the invitation is always to hear how other people are seeing it, to hear how other people are experiencing God and to let, let us be affected by that. And, and for our own ideas to be shifted and changed and to have some humility and, and letting that happen. Well, David, as you were talking, I was thinking about how frustrating it can feel to not have the whole picture. And to feel like, you know, that it's murky or or that you don't have all the puzzle pieces or whatever that is. And thinking about it from, you know, these two events where angels deliver news, but not the whole picture. And then thinking about the fact that we are designed to be in relationship with each other. And that even in this in this story that we hear and what is happening here, that it is, it's designed that the whole picture comes when we are together, when we share the information with each other, when we are connected through it in that way. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's an opportunity then in those frustrating moments to think who is supposed to be on this journey or in this conversation Mm -hmm. with me. Yeah. 
Good point. Love that. Mm-hmm. And I think that actually kind of takes us logically to my point. So logical. I know. Well, and as you were talking, other than my smirking around the Mary Did You Know, um, which has been a conversation between you and I many times, um, also you and I both do often resonate with the Mary pondering things in her heart. And again, this time I am feeling drawn to the shepherd's role Mm -hmm. in this. I think I have some unpacking to do about that, like what is different this year in which I'm connecting to it in a new way, something to think about on my own. I was thinking about the shepherds this time and kind of the flow chart of their experience because it always is, it feels to me in this story like an if then, right? And that there's options all along the way that if they had not chosen the next step that, you know, they would have turned and gone another way. And, and who knows what the story would have looked like if they had made other choices and other turns. But specifically, there is this very distinct journey that they have received information And then they have to decide to take the steps that they are given to go and do the thing. And then they share this experience with others. And then instead of that being the end, the final credit scene of what has happened, then instead we hear about them going back and glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Because what happens in the end isn't that they have gone and seen the thing or seen the child, but that they have had this experience with all of these other people and then pondering maybe in their hearts or maybe in their brains, all of the things that have transpired, they go back and they glorify God afterwards. They share it with each other. They continue to share the experience that it is not done. And I was thinking about it a little bit in relationship to what we have just seen and experienced here in our own diocese, because we are just about a week and a half out from the Good News Festival, which many of us attended. And this, you know, multi-day festival culminating in this revival service with Bishop Curry and Reverend Canon Stephanie Spellers and Bishop Susan and all of the people that were in that space and the stories that were told and the way that we all felt leaving that space, the energy and energy that wasn't just in relationship with each other, but that I felt on social media places. You don't usually feel the good news, just going to say, but the way that everybody was inspired, my feed was exploding with youth, with young people who were being like love always. We have good news to share and just feeling like they had to glorify and praise God for all that they had heard and seen in that experience of being interrelated and connected to one another. And I think that the temptation often is when we have had those mountaintop experiences that we maybe are exhausted by them. Or maybe I'm just speaking for myself in that. But maybe it is that it is so overwhelming and so joyful that then at the end, we're like, whew, done with that. It's time to take a break now, right? And we forget that next step of glorifying it, of sharing it in community, and of carrying it into the work that we are going to do afterwards. And I think that that's what I see modeled for us in this journey of the shepherds in this story, is that certainly at the end of this, it could have been enough. The experience of going there and seeing the thing and experiencing with Mary and Joseph and the Christ child, all that they experienced could have been enough. And they could have gone back and sat on the side of the hill and just been. But instead, they were able to take all that they had seen and all that they had felt and then glorify God in that way and share it by doing that.
So I just am fascinated because that circles back around also to something that St. Teresa talks about in that any experience that we are given, anything that feels like a fabulous gift from God um, is meant to be food and fuel for the journey. Like that's really, that's what it's for. It's not meant to be like a a prize that we sit on. It really is that it's meant to be fuel Mm -hmm. and, or, or for healing, right? Maybe, maybe we need healing to bring us back to wholeness so that we can then continue on. But the whole point is that it is, it is nourishment. It is um, something that is given inherently so that we might then have the, the strength or sustenance to share and to glorify God more fully in whatever way that looks like for us. All right. Well, there are our three points for this week, this first Sunday of the new year. The first point was laurels, thinking about the name of Jesus, the importance of Jesus's name, or the importance of our own particular experience and remembering the particularity of Jesus, the earthy, grounded, embodiedness of Jesus, and, and uh, letting that inform how we move about the world. The second one was mine. It was about the importance of hearing other people's witness uh, about how God is moving in their lives and getting a fuller picture of how, how God is moving. And the third one was Charlotte's, and it was about sharing our experiences of God, our uh, joyful, otherworldly experiences of how God is moving in the world and giving that energy back out into the world. So having heard those three points, we'd love to hear what you would have had as your point today if you'd been on the podcast. We'd also love to hear any of your questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection. Thank you to Laurel Matthewson for being on the pod today. Thank you so much. So welcome. So grateful to be here. How can people find out more about what you're doing? You can check us out at stlukesnorthpark.org, but that's ST, not a full saint. So Mm -hmm. stlukesnorthpark.org. And that's a great place to start getting connected. And I would actually even say, you know, signing up for our emails just come out like once or twice a month gives us a sense of what's going on in our community. We also do have a Facebook page and Instagram page if that's more your style, but kind of getting connected with what's happening weekly at our congregation is probably Mm -hmm. the way to know most about what's going on there and how we're trying to glorify God in our own Mm -hmm. ways. All right. And we'll be back next week to talk about the, oh, Epiphany. Epiphany. uh, For January 8th. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. everybody. Laurel, I cannot believe you have never been on. You are an awesome guest. (laughs)